We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Warren lets it fly. Yes! T.J. Warren is not human! Okich. Oh, he's hurling it. Oh, he's mother that chicken. He's mother the chicken. Well, you got it setting the pace, and I think that's terrific. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Setting the Pace. And joining me today, as he always does, is my lovely co-host, the one and only Michael J. Fachi. Fachi, what's going on, brother? Alex, thank God I work from home because I would be embarrassed to show my face after what I saw last night against Washington. Yeah, yeah, you're wizards, right? No, never that. Oh, okay, so Fachi, remember last Monday when the Pacers got trounced by the Bucks without Turner and everyone kept screaming on Twitter, this is what our defense will look like without Miles? I wish I didn't remember it. Where were y'all last night? I mean, the problem isn't about who's on the court. But about the system they're running, the Pacers do not have the personnel to, to play successful defense under this system, period. No, they, they don't. I mean, think about this. Miles Turner, yes, one of, if not the best rim protector in the league, the Pacers still gave up 74 points in the paint last night. 74 points in the paint. That's ridiculous. They, they, I mean, they were just – I mean, when it came to the Bucks game last week – or yeah, last week – all theirs came from the three-point line. Sure, they mm-hmm. had some points in the paint, but they were like 60-some percent from three, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I think it was like 55, 60, something like that. Last night, the Pacers played a horrible game. I mean, they were up by six with like five minutes left to go and then just completely fell apart. It was like I was watching the IU women's basketball game that happened five minutes after. It was like a precursor to that. I just, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, this is a good opportunity. No Bradley Beal. There was no Giannis in the game that they trounced us in Milwaukee. There was no Bradley Beal in the game against the Wizards last night. The Pacers have got to understand they've got to take care of business against teams when their best player's not in the game. 
Man, I even tweeted it out saying, please don't overlook Washington without Bradley Beal. It just felt like the Pacers thought that, hey, you know, we're looking on to Miami. And that was a big mistake because that was a win last night that you had to have. I mean, this is a Wizards team that they were 2-8 and eight in their last 10. They were giving up 120 points to everybody. Well, you know what? We got our 120, but we gave up 132. I mean, that cannot happen. It was such a shame to, to drop that game just when you felt like you were getting some momentum. Yeah, and then Karis Alert probably had his worst game as a pacer oh, last did. night. Just just really struggling. And I think, unfortunately, he's not 100% healthy. I think he's no. getting close. But but quite frankly, I think Pacer Nation and, and probably some of the coaching staff in the front office is hoping that Karis Levert can be what Victor was to this team in 17-18. And quite frankly, I think you're putting too much on him. I don't think Karis Levert is that guy. I think he can be a really good player on this team. But I don't see him as having an all-NBA type of career like Victor had in 17-18. Like, Victor had one good season with the Pacers, and, and that was an amazing year, 25 points. Magical. You know, I mean, he was definitely a player that deserved that praise. But trying to trying to replace that with Levert at this point, it's not going to happen. I don't think expectations are as high from the organization as fan, as the fans are. He, he they, just, they just don't have a guy. They don't have a closer. No. To me, it's like watching a baseball team play eight innings and then you got to go to your bullpen to close the game, and you don't have a, a a designated closer. They throw in different relief pitchers, and then you always see that one guy come out, and you're like, oh, he's going to give up a home run. This is what this team feels like. And, uh, you know, unless they're playing some really, 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 really crappy teams, like worse in Washington, I don't feel confident with them holding on to close leads. No, I don't. And it was rough because last night Malcolm Brogdon was unbelievable in the first half. I mean, at one point he was 4-4 four four from 3. He ends up finishing, uh, I believe it was 5 of 10 from 3. So he goes pretty cold, 1 of 6 in the second half. Uh, you know, Sabonis at one point he was on fire, finishes with 35-11. and 11, and, and on paper, that's great. But come the fourth quarter, it, it was just hard for these guys to get baskets. And I think that all game, it was really on them and no one else really picked up the slack. Yes, we were out. We were without Doug McDermott. Now, all of a sudden, Jeremy Lamb has a toe injury. It's like we're, we're losing bodies here that we just – we need other guys to continuously step up. And when you mention we don't have that guy right now, it's, it's, it's tough because at the end of the game, when you really need to be bailed out, we haven't been able to have that guy to just consistently get us a bucket, and it shows in a, in yeah. a game like this. I saw the I saw the excuses of Doug McDermott not being in the game last night, and that's why we lost the game. Are 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 you kidding me? Are 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 you kidding me right now? The Washington Wizards did not have Bradley Beal in the oh, game. Oh yeah, no, the, I know. the leading scorer in the NBA. Thirty one points here trying, game. We're sitting here trying to justify that we didn't have Doug McDermott, so that's why we lost the game. No, <laughs> I mean, come it's on, Doug's, Doug's a good bench player, but that. You should be able to make up for that against the crappy Wizards team. I'm sorry. But what Russell Westbrook freaking looked like LeBron James mixed with Michael Jordan last it, night. The shots he was hitting, I mean, unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. I mean, he just completely roasted the Pacers. I even saw takes from people saying, Pacers should trade for Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I know. You know, know. okay. <laughs> it's like, my God, like what, what has happened to this team? Like we get so excited. We think they're going to go on a run, and then they continue to let us down. This team is what I would call a roller coaster because it up is. and down and up and down, so many lowlights and so many highlights. It's flashy. I'm, I'm probably overreacting in the moment, but I just got to say, 
they, they've got to figure something out. And I'm not saying the fire the coach or anything like that, but no. they've got to make some tweaks. I think losing Dan Burke and his system ha- has been huge to the massive to the Pacers' lack of success on the defensive end. Massive. I mean, sure, we can't just point to Dan Burke and say, hey, look at Philly and how good they're doing. But you got to imagine that Dan Burke helped Philly out a lot this year. I mean, for a while, you were talking about Embiid at the the top of the Defensive Player of the Year list at one point. Ben Simmons was up there. I mean, those are two stud guys that, that, wow, you got to imagine that Dan Burke helped them. But just a stat out there, Russell Westbrook created, assisted, or scored on 88 points last night. The amount of (laughs) open looks that, that the Wizards got, it, it was sickening because you're talking about bums like Chandler Hutchinson, who has not contributed anything all year, had 18 points against the Pacers. Rui Hachimura ate us alive in the paint last night. I mean, it hurt to watch. It really did. And that was a game that I, I was embarrassed to drop because it felt like it just felt like the whole fan base was confident and getting back on that high to say, hey, we want Miami. It's like, well, you know what? We just dropped the ball. Now, yeah, here comes Miami. It's like, huh. Yeah, and we and we both predicted this team to go three and one this week. So they're gonna have to win three straight games, Fachi. Uh let's let's see if they can do it. But uh maybe to knock us off the ledge here, we can uh talk with Chris Denary from Fox Sports Indiana, that's going to be changing to Bally Sports Network, I believe. I can't remember. Uh, I, I believe it's Bally Sports. We'll get with we'll get with Chris and, and get the official name on that. But uh, he's going to be joining us next. So uh, we'll talk with him and we'll uh, be right back. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff. And it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. All right, now to talk us off the ledge from the uh, from the horrible loss in Minnesota, or Minnesota, uh, excuse me, Washington, is <laughs> Chris Tadari. Chris, thanks for joining us. Hey, good to be with you guys. Yeah, you, you have me on after uh, one of the poorest performances of the year, but hey, it's a long season. There are highs and lows. I learned that 15 years ago when I got hired. Donnie Walsh, uh, uh, you know, sat me down and said, hey, there are going to be highs and lows and you just got to get through it. So hopefully that's what the Pacers do moving forward. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, right now this Pacers team is coming off of, you know, they, they it felt like they were getting things going, winners of four or five. But what would you maybe have to say to the fans that are kind of disappointed that they didn't make a move at the deadline? Do you think the Pacers made the right move, Stan, Pat? I do. I mean, I, I'm just not a guy that you make a move to make a move. Um, you know, this is a, a franchise that, uh, you know, is committed to winning and, and to being a part of the playoffs. And, um, you know, some people want you to sell. Some people want you to buy. Um, I, you know, I'm just not sure what was out there uh, to buy, uh, you know, where you alter your team. I've said from day one that we've not really seen this team together. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're not going to see this team together, of course, because of T.J. Warren, you know, being out for the year. But we, we've only seen Karis LeVert for eight or nine games. Um, so it's still a work in progress. And I quite frankly want to see what this group can do together 
uh, moving forward. So I, I was totally fine. I know there's, you know, there's overreaction when you win four or five, and there's overreaction when you lose a game like the Pacers lost uh, in Washington on Monday night. So, um, you know, you just, it's the beauty, I guess, about the NBA season. It's long, it's drawn out. Uh, usually after a, a, a tough loss, you, you have a game to come back. The ones that really hurt are when you have a significant win and you've got to play in a back-to-back less than 24 hours later. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I want to see this group uh, pull together and see what they can do the rest of the year. Yeah, and, you know, you talk about trades that were made, and I know it wasn't at the deadline, but it was a couple months before. The Pacers traded Victor Oladipo for Karis LeVert in the James Harden mega trade. And you brought up Levert's only played a couple of games. So I got to ask you, after seeing the return the Rockets got for Victor, were you happy the Pacers made that move when they made it? And then number two, what are your thoughts on Victor Oladipo going to miss his Miami Heat debut um, against the Pacers Wednesday night? Yeah, that's, that is interesting to see. You know, I've tried to follow that, uh, you know, as we, uh, you know, tape this on uh, Tuesday afternoon that it looks like he's, he's not going to be in Indianapolis uh, to play against the Pacers. He did not play in New York on Monday, did not accompany the Heat to New York. So I'm assuming he's not going to join the team. I, I guess things could change, but, you know, I, I, disappointing because you, you'd like to see that matchup. Um, you know, as I go back, uh, to January when the blockbuster was made. I, I thought the Pacers took great advantage of the opportunity. Uh, James Harden wanting to leave Houston, uh, going to Brooklyn uh, to get a player of Karis LeVert's stature, um, I thought was a home run. And then you have to endure uh, him having a mass on his kidney. Uh, he's gone for a couple of months where you don't have him on the floor, but you're just thankful that he's healthy and that the uh, the physical showed what it showed. And, you know, Victor had made his decision that he wanted to be a free agent. Um, it just felt like that he was not interested in, in coming back. He had turned down extensions that uh, we, we believe were offered, uh, you know, don't know for sure. But I just think it made great sense. And if you look at what Kevin Pritchard's been able to do uh, in the last four to five years, uh, he turned Paul George into DeMontis Sabonis and Victor Oladipo and now has turned that trade into Sabonis and Karis LeVert. And Houston, uh, you know, gets a couple of players from Miami that they're probably going to lose. So in the end, they're going to get nothing and probably should have kept Karis LeVert and Jared Allen. So um, I, I think for the long-term future, and again, the long-term is only a couple of years. That's the way the NBA operates. But if you look at the Pacers' core right now, the, the majority of those guys are locked up in contracts for the next year plus. And again, I'm, I'm a guy that I like this group. Uh, I know they've had their struggles this year, but I would like to see what they can do when healthy. Oh, I would shake Kevin Pritchard's hand, you know, seven days a week, 10 out of 10 times, whatever you want to put it for making that deal happen, because it, it is truly going to keep this Pacers team moving forward when you look at, you know, the return that Houston got in the end for Oladipo. But uh, it was reported about a week ago, you know, after Jalen McHugh uh, had been waived, O'Shea Brissett was going to be signed to a 10-day deal. Uh, from my understanding, still maybe quarantining a bit. Has there been any update on when Brissett will join the team? 
I haven't seen anything, guys. I mean, again, I always wait. Um, you know, I'm a Pacers employee, a team employee, doing the games now on Bally Sports Indiana. Um, but, no, have seen nothing. There's been no official release uh, from the Pacers as far as an addition to the roster. So, right now you're at 14 plus the two two-way players. Gotcha. Yeah, and so you brought it up, Bally Sports Network. I'm excited to, to- – you know, get your thoughts on this change and how different is it going to be for you to start going by Bally instead of Fox Sports? Well, it'll be different just from the standpoint that for the first 14 and a half years, <laughs> uh, it's been Fox Sports Indiana. So, um, you know, I, I guess people uh, on Wednesday night will be keeping track how many times I say Fox Sports Indiana. That is not the plan. I hope to throw a no hitter and say Valley Sports Indiana every time. But, but I know it'll be difficult uh, because I'll have to think about it because there are just things that roll off your tongue when you're, when you're going to a break and those types of things. But, um, you know, excited to see what the rollout looks like. Um, you know, I'll get there uh, on Wednesday night, uh, as I usually do, a, a two and a half hours or so before the game and, and see some of, uh, you know, what they're going to be rolling out. But as far as calling the game and all the things that we do and all the elements within the game, uh, they'll be the same, uh, but you'll just have a different look. Uh, there will be different music, uh, different audio bumps, uh, different things like that. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's a situation that Sinclair, who owns... Uh, the RSNs all across the country uh, sold the naming uh, naming rights to Bally's, and so uh, you know they're they're all Bally Sports, uh, and we are Bally Sports Indiana. I'm looking forward to seeing the change in effect. We actually had a question from uh, one of our listeners, uh, Zachary Barnett. I uh, wanted to know, Chris. I'd love to know what is your favorite ad read on the show. <laughs> Oh, well, of course, uh, you know, if you if you watch the spots, uh, you know, I'm a spokesman for Connecticut. So I always enjoy talking about the uh, fourth quarter timeout brought to you by Connecticut, the official water of the Indiana Pacers. Um, you know, that it's just part of the job. I mean, there are so many of them. Um, you know, when I was growing up, I wanted to be a broadcaster and being able to do the billboards during a game. Uh, was one of the things I always wanted to do because you'd watch, you know, I'd be watching a game on television, Monday Night Football or the NBA, and, you know, you'd hear the announcer go, today's game is brought to you by. And I just thought that was the coolest thing. So to be able uh, to voice those billboards uh, during the game and say Pacers basketball is brought to you by, it, it's pretty cool. Love yeah, I, I love the different ads that are thrown in there. And I think one that always gets catchy is the DraftKings one that yeah. comes across. And I, I there was one time, I forget which game it was. It might have been the away game against the Kings. Quinn goes and make it rain. <laughs> After <laughs> this like super low voice. And I just belly laughed. I was like, Quinn's having too much fun. But uh, anyway, so we're going to get back to some of these questions. Like I said, we had about eight questions. And uh, this is from Elijah Elijah Worster, he said, what is your favorite restaurant in Indiana? Oh, favorite restaurant in Indiana. Um, well, I would say uh, one of our go-to restaurants, um, we live in Carmel, and we love a restaurant on Main Street in downtown Carmel called Agave. Okay. And uh, it's got great Mexican food, best margaritas you'll ever have. We love to sit outside. You know, the pandemic changed a lot. But even last, um, last summer, when they sort of reopened, we were able to sit outside. Um, so I'd have to say agave. Um, 
Uh, I'm a big Harry and Izzy's fan, you know, so that ties into St. Elmo's, but uh, we have a Harry and Izzy's here on the north side. Uh, you know, one of the things that we've tried to do during this last year uh, is, you know, get carry out from as many places as possible to support uh, especially all the local restaurants that are here on the north side where we live. So um, I, I would say yeah, we are we have been to Agave so many times. The waitresses, when my wife walks in, they get giddy because uh, uh, they know my wife, Terry, when she walks in. And, and so that tells you that we've been there a lot and my wife's been there a lot. <laughs> Love it. Uh, from next question from iPacers blog. Did Chris think that smothered chicken was dead forever? You know, I, I was not ever sure when we were going to get it back. Um, <laughs> we've been goading Quinn on air and off air, a lot off air. And, uh, you know, Quinn just, it, he marches to the beat of his own drum as, <laughs> as he should. And, uh, you know, finally, Miles has had a lot of good blocks this year, but we finally got one to get, you know, the smothered chicken. And I would guess that if he did it too much, it wouldn't be as good, right? I mean, if he, if he gave us a smothered chicken every game, then it would lose its luster. But uh, that smothered chicken was really living on Twitter and on social media. I mean, I even think it uh, made some national uh, stuff because finally – Quinn Buckner handed out a smothered chicken. So, yeah, we weren't <laughs> sure we were ever going to get one this year. I, I'm not even sure last year if we ever got one. I don't think so, we did. I think it's been it, it's been two years since we finally got a smothered chicken. Yeah, I I, uh, I love it when he does it. But you're right. If he, if he did it all the time, it wouldn't be as special. But I wish he could do just a little bit more. Like maybe twice, three times a year would be good. Yeah, yeah, but, I agree. I, I I've, I've got to pull – I need to pull some more out of him, but, you know, <laughs> you know, miles with, you know, when you get three to four blocks a night and we've got almost 30 games left. So that's 120 blocks potentially that we should have a smothered chicken in that run. <laughs> we better get one. So, uh, but here's a question from Ryan nine, five, four, nine, five, four, who has been Chris's favorite player to watch over the years since he's been a commentator for the Pacers. Oh wow, that's uh, it's a long that's, time. <laughs> that, that's a yeah. That I mean, I've a I've a lot of favorites. Um, you know, I think one of the guys that I really enjoyed being around and and uh, was George Hill. I, mm -hmm. I say that all the time. I I just uh, you, you like seeing a, a local kid like that. He came back home. Uh, you understand that how he grew up and at, at Tabernacle. And played at IUPUI, you know, was a broad ripple kid. Um, I just had a lot of fun with George uh, over over his career, and he was a part of some special teams. If you think about those two Eastern Conference Finals teams, just so close at getting to the NBA Finals, but having somebody like LeBron James in the way. Um, so he, he definitely, you know, was was one of my favorites. Um, I really enjoy, you know, watching Doug McDermott and T.J. McConnell play. Uh, right now, I mean, what what they've done for this team, whether they're in the starting lineup like Doug or TJ off the bench, um, you know, I thought Danny Granger had a nice run as a member of the Pacers. I really enjoyed getting to know him. Um, somebody like Mike Dunleavy. I'm, I'm sort of going old school, guys, back to the you know when I first started. Uh, but there have been so many players uh, that that are just good people. I think that's been the best part of of my relationship with these guys. I mean, Miles Turner is one of the best human beings you'll ever meet. 
And when you get a chance to really know them, um, it, it makes a difference. Uh, Corey Joseph, uh, outstanding person. So uh, David West. I mean, there are just so many guys that I've really enjoyed being around. And what is interesting is when those guys go to another team, um, you still have a relationship with them. And, uh, you know, you may on that particular night for 48 minutes want them to shoot air balls and miss shots. But at the end of the night, you understand the relationship that you built with them. So, um, you know, so many great people that I've had a chance to work with over my 15 years, and I'm sure there will be a lot more in the future. Whew, Chris, after a loss like last night, you really got me my feelings you know, down memory lane. Those are some uh, some good players that I definitely miss. Um, I wish we heard more from Granger. I feel like it's the whole fan base misses him. Uh, but we have another question from uh, at AO Ajayi1905. What is the favorite Pacers call that he's commented, commentated on? Oh, wow. Um, That's got to well, be a you, tough one. Gotta, gotta, you, is it going to be an Oladipo one? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 always, so. I always say I think the Boston three That's hit. exactly what I thought you might um, say. And, and one of his first shots that he hit was against San Antonio. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I remember that. It was, I think, on a Sunday night, um, Sunday or a Monday. Um, you know, he clearly hit some shots. Some, I think the shot he hit in his comeback uh, to force overtime against Chicago. Hutchison. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, against Hutchison, who, man, did he have a big game against the Pacers on uh, Way too big of a game. Monday he night. He torched us. <laughs> 18 um, points. Yeah, I mean, I, I there have been so many. Unfortunately – you know, as the, as the Pacers have advanced in the playoffs, we only get to do the first round. Mm-hmm. So um, it's mostly regular season games. Um, I think one of my all-time favorite games, I, I think it was my birthday, um, when the Pacers beat the Lakers by like 40-something with LeBron. Oh, yes. Remember, that was the night oh, yeah. that – that the, the, the fan base was taunting the Lakers players were, you know, saying LeBron's going to trade you. Yeah. And, and the Pacers won by like 40-something. Yeah. Uh, that, was, that, that was a pretty fun night. Oh, yeah, that epic picture, too, of LeBron sitting away from the team. Oh, that was pretty <laughs> hilarious, too. But uh, another question for you here. This is from Atlan Denari. He said, I'd like to know if Chris has any post-game rituals when the team is losing systematically, aside from being a pro. How does he uh, keep it together when, you know, the going gets tough? <laughs> uh, you know, the, the one thing that, that I have to share is that um, I've been a team broadcaster virtually my entire career career. I've done some hit or miss basketball and football games for Big Ten Network, and I've done IHSA state championships where you show up, you do the game, and you don't care who wins or loses. So, you know, it goes all the way back to my days in college when I did Wabash College football as a student. I did games at the University of Indianapolis, uh, 17 years with uh, Butler, 18 years with the Fever, and now 15 years with, with the Pacers. So there's an investment that you make. So um, you, you do take you do take losses, uh, you know, hard, um, you know, especially when games are so meaningful. So uh, the one thing that I'd have to say is you just have to be as professional as you can be. We have a job to do. Um, and it's people know when they tune in, I'm sure that, that, that I, that Quinn, we want the Pacers to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we try to be as objective as we can in delivering, um, you know, the view of the game. 
Um, you know, if the other team's really good, like Russell Westbrook was on Monday night, he's really good. I mean, he's one of the best players in the league. So um, it is hard. Um, I don't necessarily have any, any rituals when I get home. I used to have some people would tell me I'm superstitious that, okay, I'll clip my fingernails or I'll do something the same way, or I'll, I'll make sure I enter something in the computer the same way if the team is winning, but I found none of that works. So it's, you don't even need to do anything. There's nothing superstitious that will work. Um, so I just, I just try to be level-headed and hope that things turn around. That's, that's all you can do. Well, but between the finger clippings and whatever you've done, I at least feel good knowing you've at least tried to get us out of a slump at times. But one of our last questions um, from not underscore DB underscore Cooper, what are the biggest differences that you've seen between Nate Bjorkren and Nate McMillan? For instance, maybe how they use their assistants, how they work with players, anything of the sort. Well, I think that's the hardest question. I'm not even sure I could answer that because I have never met Nate Bjorkren live. I've only met him through Zoom. I mean, that's just the nature of where we are in the pandemic in the NBA. Uh, I have not been around our players or our staff since March of last year. So it's been a year, right? Um, they went to the bubble. Uh, we did everything remotely, virtually. Um, now as the season has restarted back in December, um, I have not attended a practice. Uh, I do all of the interviews like all the other media via Zoom. Uh, I do all the road games in the studio at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. Uh, I'm in the green zone as a broadcaster, so I'm up where radio is. I'm not allowed in the red zone uh, because that's where the players and the coaches are. So it would be unfair for me to, you know, to even try to compare um, the two men. I know that both are quality men. Nate McMillan was a, a fine man and a good coach. Um, it just was a situation where uh, the front office felt there needed to be a change made. And I'm, I'm sure it didn't help that uh, the Pacers had been swept out of the playoffs three of the four years that Nate coached. But, you know, it doesn't mean he's, he's a bad coach. I mean, lots of coaches – uh, are let go and move on to the next job and do very well. We were talking off air. Frank Vogel had a great run as the Pacers coach, went to Orlando, had an absolutely awful experience. Uh, they were really, really bad. He lasted two years and got fired. And now he goes to the Lakers and wins a championship and is a contention to win a championship again. So, um, you know, I'm anxious when all this is said and done to actually meet Nate. But I have been very impressed with him in the discussions that we've had and how he's answered questions and, um, you know, changes that, you know, he makes during the games. Um, to, to be a first-year head coach in a situation like this, it has to be very, very difficult. Um, but uh, so, so that's how I'd answer it. I mean, it's, it's been a unique experience for all of us as broadcasters across the league, not just me, not just Quinn, not just Mark Boyle, we've all had to deal with this in uh, the 2021 season. Yeah, there's no, there's no doubt about it. So I got to ask this. Uh, it's our last question from I'm Goat 10, and I'm going to kind of rephrase it a little bit. Um, but the question is, what are your opinions on potentially taking this tanking this season due to TJ Warren being confirmed out? Um, I, I guess to rephrase it, if you don't want to talk about tanking, because I know 
that can be an interesting topic. What, what are your What are your thoughts, or what do you think the ceiling is for this Pacers team without TJ Warren? Well, I'm absolutely 100% against tanking, and that's not in the Pacers' DNA. Uh, they are a franchise that believes you give it all you have and you want to get to the playoffs. Are you a championship team right now? Probably not, but that doesn't mean you don't compete and try to get there. Um, I'm, a, I'm a believer in this group. I really am. I, I know there are people, you know, after a loss like you had against Washington, they become doubters. And then if you beat Miami on Wednesday night and then would beat Charlotte, then everybody's feeling good again. I mean, that's just the nature of fandom. Um, but, but I like this group. Um, are there things they have to improve on? Absolutely. But I think you could say that about a majority of the teams in the NBA right now, you know, there might be five to six teams at the very top. And then there are a bunch of teams in the middle. I mean, who would have projected that Boston would be less than 500 with two all-stars and a former all-star in Kemba Walker? I just think it's been a very unique season. Uh, teams have not been able to, you know, a lot of teams have not been able to generate win streaks, unlike maybe somebody like Utah. Um, so, no, I just... Um, again, I, I, I still believe that this group can do something here toward the end of the year and then, you know, build for next year. Um, you know, see what you can do next year. You ha you'll have Karis Levert with a training camp with his teammates. Uh, you won't have him coming back quickly after basically cancer surgery on his liver. Um, so, no, absolutely. Um, I'm not somebody that believes you just trade assets for draft picks or that you, uh, you know, try to have a poor record so you can get a draft pick. Um, I just can look across the landscape of the NBA over the last 10 to 15 years, and there are plenty of teams without naming them that have tried that route and not done a good job, and they're still waiting to make the playoffs. I'd much rather uh, be a playoff team. I mean, lest we forget, if we go back to 13 and 14, and, and I think we talked about this, the Pacers were on the doorstep of going to the NBA Finals. Uh, they were stopped by, you know, the best of all time, in my opinion, in LeBron James. I mean, right They're there with Michael team. Jordan. Um, so they were right there. And if you look at over the course of the last 20 years, while the Pacers have not won a championship, if you look in the Eastern Conference, they have been a top three or four team over the last 20 years. Their longevity of doing things the right way, um, I think is second to none. So mm -hmm. while it's disappointing that you haven't won a title, um, I, I would much rather do what they're doing now. And I would not want to trade with some of the other franchises in, in the league. Hey, Chris, through the, all the ups and downs, still only two games uh, out of having home court in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean that's I mean it it's crazy. I mean it's it you know that's the that's the way the year has been is that if you look at at the Pacers at one point they had lost 8 of 10, they'd lost like 12 of 16 or or whatever that number is and yet they were only a couple of games out of a top 4 spot in the Eastern Conference. So hopefully this team can put a run together. That's probably been the most disappointing thing that their longest win streak of the year is the first three games of the year. And they've not been able to do that again. Hopefully as the schedule gets a little bit more home friendly, 
Um, and I know the Pacers haven't been as good at home as they have been on the road, but hopefully in April and May, as it gets more home friendly, they can put some streaks together and move up uh, the standings in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, Chris, we appreciate you coming on. And um, I guess my last bonus question for you is what has been your favorite Quinn moment this year besides this mother chicken? Um, you know, I would have to say this the other night. I mean, I, I gigged him on it when, <laughs> you know, we'll have, we'll have discussions and, um, what, what did he say? Uh, oh, I, he, I, I said something to him. He was trying to debate me on something. And I said, Oh, you really like a good debate. He goes, I do. And I go, I said something like, Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, so, you know, I was sort of gigging him on that. Uh, but no, we have a lot of fun. Um, you know, our job and, and Quinn really is the one that came up with this, um, is that our job is it's infotainment, right? Um, we are to be informative and give you as much information about the game and the Pacers as we can, but our job is also to entertain, right? I mean, when you tune in for two and a half hours, you know, if you've been at work all day and, and dealing with your family and, and this and that, lots of people just want that two and a half hours to escape and, and enjoy themselves. Now, sometimes it's not so enjoyable when your favorite team is not winning, but our job is to, even in those times like that, um, to entertain you. So uh, that, that's our role, and hopefully Quinn and I do that on a nightly basis. You absolutely do. Couldn't thank you more. And uh, hey, Chris, keep up the great work. And once again, I appreciate you coming on. All right. Thanks, guys. Yep. Thanks, CD. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. All right, Fauci, we are back. And I want to thank Chris and Neri so much for coming on. Always enjoy talking to Chris and Neri. And make sure you guys check out all of their stuff at Bally Sports, moving from Fox Sports to Bally Sports. So got to get used to that. But Fauci, big opportunity for the Pacers to get a nice little revenge game against former Indiana Pacer Victor Oladipo. But it's official. He will not be playing against the, uh, the Indiana Pacers, making his heat debut on Wednesday. That will be delayed. Alex, this is such a cop-out. You can 
smell the wuss out on him. I mean, it's like, come on. I mean, are you trying to be hated by the Pacers? Because, yes, you were going to get booed. Everybody was looking forward to it. But now this, I mean, oh, my God. It's like, what are you going to do next? Tell on us and and say that we're mean? Like, I mean, come on. Is he at least going to be in the building at this point? What? I'm so confused right now. But anyway, I'm sorry. But when it comes to Oladipo, he's, he's, unless they play in the playoffs, we're not going to see Victor in the Miami Heat back in Bankers Life Fieldhouse this year, I don't believe. I don't Uh, think so either. Yeah, so this could be the only time Victor plays with the Heat. And we don't even get a chance to play him unless it's in the playoffs. So it's uh, it's uh, it's quite I- ironic that he's going to miss this game. And I told you there was an opportunity that he would probably sit out one of these two games against us or the Warriors. And we talked about it on Sunday. You're like, oh, he has to play. I and, thought and, so. Yeah, and now I'm he's got a head cold. Credit. You know, it, to me, it's like, where was the head cold in Houston? You know, uh, someone get this man a tissue. Yeah, it to me, it's it's a it's a major cop out. I think that he just doesn't want to play in Indiana because he doesn't want to deal with that. Yeah. Uh, he he likes to be liked. That's the thing about Vic. He wants to be liked. And uh, if the fan base booed him, I think that'd be really hard for him. But what's worse, Fachi, right now there's limited fans. Next season, there's going to be more fans. And he can't run forever. No, and what would be hysterical is if the Miami Heat don't pick him up in the offseason, oh, yeah. decide to go a different route, kind of the route they were trying to do in the trade deadline, and that's Kyle Lowry, and, and they don't resign Victor because – it could be a good marriage for the two of them. And I don't wish Victor like anything bad at all. I really don't. If, if he plays well in Miami, hey, that's great for him. I want him to have a good, successful career because at the end of the day, he's an Indiana Hoosier. I'm an IU guy. But I don't like the way he handled things here. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't like that he bullied his way to, to Miami, so to say. And um, if, you know, if it doesn't work out, then, you know, that is what it is. But I just – I don't like when guys do that. Same with James Harden. I don't like when guys force their way out because of, of their demands. Like, oh, I'm only playing for this team. And then it's just like you get these super teams and it just – it makes the league a little bit unfun. But I'm not going to sit here and complain about the league being unfun because I, th- I still think it's an awesome league and I love this team. But, man, I get why fans are starting to get frustrated. Of course. But I need to know how long – did he have that Miami Heat graphic that he immediately <laughs> threw up of him in a Heat jersey? Alex, what are we talking? Is it six months? I mean, has he had it for, for three months? There's no way he just got that graphic that day. Uh, I'm pretty sure ever since he went down with that injury against the Raptors and was rehabbing in Miami and all the, the Miami Heat rumors came out that they both had an interest in joining uh, forces together. How many times did you see jersey swaps of Oladipo in a Miami Heat jersey? Oh, too many times. So he probably had 15 to pick from. He probably just oh, picked the most recent did. one that had the uh, the blue and pink jersey mixed on it. <laughs> you know, like I was I was waiting for like a black Miami Vice Oladipo picture, you know, but no, he went with the mix. It's fine. I just, you know, it, the Miami Heat are a good team. And, and what they were able to do with the assets they moved off of and got back in return, they've done a great job. Um, you got you got to give uh, Pat Riley his credit because he's done a great job. But, man, just the rivalry of these two teams, it would have been so much more special had we seen Victor in this game. And uh, like I said, not even to wish bad luck on Victor or, anything, Victor or anything like that, but I just feel like it would have been more entertaining to of see course. him out there on the court. The rivalry would have intensified on the court. It would Absolutely. have really been – it would not have been your average regular season game. Like, look, last night, yes, when the Pacers lost against the Wizards, it, it hurt. 
But it, it almost felt like even the players barely even cared. Against Miami, and I, mean, I know they did care, but against Miami, it would have everybody would have wanted, I think, to get that win and to prove, hey, Vic, you know, you left us. And, you know, while we traded you, we know what the message was. Those, those players know what the vibe is in the locker room with him and everything of the sort. He wasn't going to be here for anything. I mean, the Pacers tried. They offered him substantial money, more money than I think he's going to get in the offseason. And in the end, hey, he got his wish, so we'll see what he does with it now. Yeah, and I'll say this. Even if Victor's not there, it always feels good to be the Heat, especially led by uh, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. I mean, Miami Heat fans can be so insufferable. They're just – they're so wishy-washy. You know, I mean, Pacer fans are are true fans because they have to sit through this – back and forth of, you know, being good but not good enough all the time where Miami has has the beach. <laughs> they've got the talent. They've got Spolstra. They've got Pat Ryan. I mean, they've got the organization that players desire to be in. So uh, seeing their Fairweather fans just makes me sick, especially having to hear from them all over Twitter. It's like, uh, were you a Heat fan 10 years ago when they had LeBron or were you just a Heat fan now because you uh, followed Bam Adebayo in college or something like that? So I just – the Heat fans are just probably one of the worst on Twitter. Them and Philly fans, I, I can't pick between the two. They're both insufferable. But anyway, I, I hope the Pacers get this win because not that it really matters because they're going to still own the tiebreaker because they won the first two. Seating purpose-wise, they need to win this game. Oh, they do. And, and you know, Babe's going to be pretty unhappy because I'm about to make this place real dusty because tomorrow I'm breaking out the broom, Alex. I want to sweep the Heat. I'm going to carry that broom around all night during the game all right and i want it when we hop on and record i'm still going to be holding that broom because the pacers are coming for the sweep tomorrow miami be okay. there all right well just saw just two days ago fachi said that we weren't going to beat the heat <laughs> things have changed all right <laughs> man after that, what loss, after that loss to washington i am disgusted and i want to see the pacers react tomorrow all right, all right. Well, I said they were going to win already, so um, I, I we both did call it Wizards win. We're 0 for 1 for the week. Let's see who can go uh, 1 for 1 or 0 for 2. I mean, you did technically pick the Heat to, uh, to win this game, Fachi. Uh, I don't know so, what I was thinking. I know you, you did on me. Sunday. You did I on know. Sunday. You can't change it. Uh, it. Well, I'm changing it, all right? No, you locked it in. You locked it in. Pacer victory. What up? You're worse than the, than the Heat fans, you little wishwasher. Mm, hey, at least I'm not joining <laughs> the Heat. All right, you know. Well, I don't know. Give it a few shit. years. Once I get Bradley Beal, your secret favorite yeah, okay. player. Never that. <laughs> all right. Anyways, guys, we're gonna be back tomorrow night after the Heat Pacers game. Do a little post game pod. Kind of was hoping Victor would play. It'd be a little bit more fun to talk about the game. But regardless, Mark Monteith, former writer for Pacers.com and the Indy Star, is gonna be joining us to talk about this team in general. And uh, we're really excited to have Mark join us. Mark has an awesome Pacers cover, has a lot of knowledge uh, of the entire Indiana basketball program. I mean, he's very in tune with IU as well. Uh, He had an interview, I believe, with Mike Woodson from like 10 years ago that he shared on his website. So make sure you guys check all that out. I mean, Mark Monteith is like the, the, the capsule for Indiana basketball knowledge. He knows a lot. So anyway, I think that's going to be a fun podcast tomorrow. But Fachi, as we wrap it up, where can people find us out on social media? Find us on Twitter at SettingThePace3. You can find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. And you can find us on Instagram at PacersTalk. Yeah, and, and if you're not sure 
what your predictions are for the week. <laughs> you can just make them up like Fachi does and, and, and flip-flop and change them. And uh, as you're watching that game tomorrow, just throw your hands up in the air and say these three words. Let's go Pacers. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.